Good morning, fellow Gooners, to another episode of a Totally Par- Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, uh, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. Hi, guys. It's afternoon here where I'm at in South Africa since the new daylight savings kicked in. A tough draw. We're going to talk now about uh, the Wolves game first, just touching on that, because it seems the international break has messed up our whole routine again. But okay, let's go on with that. Uh, it was a tough draw. And one can actually see how, uh, you know, the reason Wolves got that draw with Man City. I mean, everybody was, you know, I was just thinking, in the, uh, like, after the fact, you know, uh, everybody was giving us, you know, stick for, okay, that draw now against Wolves at home. But, I mean, when you watch the way Wolves set themselves out against us, it was almost like a carbon copy of the way they did against Man City. You know, play, attack, 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 score, frustrate, 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 like that. And... That's almost like how the whole game seemingly wore on. Yeah, I agree. And um, I just know something Ian Rice said about the game as well. He said, um, I know people go up on about the draw, but that was something a game Arsenal probably would have lost the season or two ago. Because, like you said, Wolves wasn't a walk in the park. And I think a lot of teams are going to struggle against Wolves when they come up against Wolves. Like you mentioned, City did also drop points against Wolves this season. Yeah, and I mean, if it just think the fact that, you know, three draws down the bounce for us. I mean, I don't, it's almost like it was also a game for us where uh, we couldn't really, you know, risk it. I mean, I, I think actually three points would have been, you know, added bonus, but it's almost like now it's already pegged us now back again, three points behind the uh, fourth team in the league. So it's now, you know, having to rebuild again. Yeah, it is. A bit of a disappointing run I think we've had now since, um, you know, beating Leicester in the Premier League. I mean, we've dropped points unnecessarily. I I do think mistakes did also cost us in this game. And for me personally, since our City and Chelsea performances, this game was one of the ones that actually worried me. You know, I thought actually, shit, we might not make this actually. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the... You know, over the course of the whole game, whether, uh, like, you know, with even picking up the equalizer, there's not much, you know, really to write home about with regards to the game because even when Makatarian, you know, scored that lucky equalizer, I mean, we could have been, I think, within that, that time frame of that equalizing goal and the end of the game, I think we could have all, like, considered probably close to three. I mean, the, the worst, I mean, for me was. That one shot or at the end, I think it was like second or third minute of injury time with a ball crashed against the crossbar and bounced on the line and then went out again. And I oh, thought, the Ruben never shot. Yeah. That guy that you mentioned that was going to be the, you know, one of the danger men in the game. Yeah, that was quite scary. I think the one shining light of this game was, oh, there were probably two as burned Leno. It was fantastic this game, I'm sure. It's going to be difficult for Peter Cech to get back into polls after his performances because I think this was one of his like the performances, even though we didn't get the three points. And then Terreira, obviously, as per usual. Yeah, that was my two, you know, reliable, most reliable men in the game because for me, you know, the the, the like when you look at say the defense, people like like the fullbacks were you know very reckless throughout the game. The two centre-backs were very nervy, you know. I didn't yeah. know to stick or twist every time we were having that situation. Then you had, you know, like, people like Xhaka at times losing the ball. 
and then up front for me Obama Young and Lacazette were totally wasteful again so you know all in all as I said very frustrating I mean for me what is starting to become a bother I know we mentioned like you know we do well in the second half so we let the team tie themselves out first off but I think for me this was this I think this is um maybe this throw that broke the camel's back for us to go down at thirteen minutes into the game when Jaka uh, um mm. I don't know what he was doing. He tried to dummy the somebody, but he dummied himself, letting the ball go like that. Um, giving it away his own off to that was a Caballero guy who then just picked up the ball, gave it to Raul Jimenez who gave a brilliant 45 and nobody tracked really Cavalero and he just smashed it past Leno. But so you, know, from... you know, sorry to interrupt now, but you know what is you know, very frustrating I find at times, especially with, if you look at someone like Xhaka, sometimes it happened also last season, I noticed, and sometimes you see it with Ozil as well. It's like when they lose the ball, they stand and they, it was like, Flapping the arms like, oh, you know, I made a mistake. But instead of, you know, cutting that part out of the game and thinking, look, I can still make this right somehow. Let me, you know, track back. Because by the time, just watch. If you, I think, especially that game. If you watch the game, the goal. I mean, the goal that was conceded. He, you know, flaps his arms. Then he stands for a few seconds, and in that, that few seconds, look, Wolves are playing on. And by the time he realized, okay, I have to you know, try to catch up. It was like too late. By the time he, he's like uh, uh, trying to get the tackle in, the ball is getting toe-poked already past Leno and go. So uh, then I thought to myself, look, how you actually just, you know, waste the time instead of, you know, focusing on the game and focusing on it, uh, winning, somehow trying to win the ball back or getting a tackle in. Yeah. I think we also started very nervy the game. And like, we, we you could see... There wasn't that organization we normally have. It felt like in the beginning that we were all over the place until we eventually kind of found our feet. But Wolves didn't allow us that time to settle like we've had in other games. Yeah, and I mean, look after that. Look, they scored a very early goal. So it was almost like after that that um, 13th minute, you know, they you know, started just flooding the midfield and flooding the defense. So like at times they were just playing with, with uh, like probably six or something like that. Uh, midfielders, and then every time when the ball would break, they already had two runners going forward, or one runner going forward, like to catch us out on the break, because we were pushing up so high, I mean, the defenders were getting caught out, because there was one way, I don't know if it was Rob Holding or whatever, they were trying to play the offside trap, but they were in the half of Wolves, and the ball lost it over, and the guy already had the, the number on him. That 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 the right back of theirs that you you mentioned that you said it was a linchpin of theirs um for was it Doherty Doherty something like that yes he played very well he gave us trouble yeah um, so he was actually man of the metals after the game so I thought I was like you know watching the game after our chats and stuff like that and you actually you know when you mentioned a player you actually like I looked out for Doherty and uh, then when you was doing such a job I was like oh, well called Monet well called. Because, I mean, look, like, look, they say these game players, it's like somebody, he likes drawing the opposite fullback, like the left back. Yeah. He, like, leads them into this, this false sense of security. And when you look again, the midfielder will just, lo- like, loft the ball over Colasinac or whatever. And then he, that guy's gone. I mean, he, and then, look, he's, he does cross decently because, I mean, he was, like, whipping in low shots, high shots, you know, whenever they got the chance to now go forward. So it was, I mean, for me, it was nerve-wracking because at one point, 
I don't know if it was when you sent me a WhatsApp close to the end of the game when you said something like, are you happy with a draw? And then I'm just thinking, you know, in my mindset, I mean, as much as, you know, you want to be positive, with it, I was thinking, you know, can we take this on the chin now, you know, like losing? Because at one point I did not see us getting an equalizer because with a, with a, you know, fluffing our, our, our lines and then, of course, you know, at times just losing the ball in, in like cheaply in the final third. I honestly did not know where we're going to get the goal. And it was a, almost like a freakish goal was needed yeah. to get us back in the game. And I mean, then it's almost like they wanted to raise their, 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 their game, but they were still leaving some vulnerable at the back. And what, what, what I find a touch worrying is like, look, we have got a, a core of the team now that are not playing on these internationals and others, you know, Nations League and stuff like that. But every time you watch them, it, it looks like they are fatigued. And you think, why? I mean, you should be fresher, like even fresher than, say, some of, if Wolves maybe had some of that, their players on duty, like yeah. the Nationals. Do you think, why do we look more tired? And, you know, that that is something, that's where, that, that factor that you bring in of, you know, starting the games also quicker. I think then, you know, rather blitz the team first, like in that first 20, 30, yeah. and then you start controlling the game with a possession, then you can do that. But, I mean, it's almost like that game with, um, I'm not sure if it was now this Wolves game or the, the Palace game where you had people like Ramsey trying to pull out party tricks where it was totally yeah. unnecessary. Because I can understand if you 3 4 nil up and you want to do your little flicks and tricks, but don't do it when you're like at 0 no or you were goal down. Then oh, back on that a bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely concerning the, the first half thing. And I think someone needs to be sorted out because you cannot go into. I don't even think it's been a Premier League game where we were in the lead at half time. Like, it's, it's, you, you cannot end, or we went to end top four. You cannot in this, it's so, the margins are so tight that we're going to need to start changing that because you can imagine we go 1 or 2 or up in the first half. Can you imagine how we would maybe run right in the second half? Mm. So, the, so it's like those little things need to be changed because, like, Wolves today, like, not today, um, when we played them, was a game that actually showed that, you know, we sometimes we may not be able to find our footing and get back into the game in the second half. And, you know, like, now we, you know, draw a line on that game. We start talking about the match against Bournemouth tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts first on the game? I think it's going to be a very difficult game, especially coming after an international break. I know a lot of our guys, you know, weren't too much involved. I know Lucas Derrida. Um, was was busy. Iwobi was busy. I think Xhaka as well, or like guys that on the top of my head. But I think Bournemouth are going to give us a real test, and I think away from home, it's definitely not going to be easy. I think we're going to have to be up for, for up for it. We can't uh, give any anything away like we did against uh, Crystal Palace. I think we, we we may need to maybe play a bit smarter than we have been in this few games where we can't allow ourselves to, you know, have that repeat of was it 2016 when we were 3-0 down in the first half or 3-0 yeah. down. Yeah. So yeah, ended up just throwing it away like that. I think we need to be honest. I think Uzel needs to pull up his socks again. So if we're not careful, I can see us this being a, a very tough, tricky fixture. Because, um, look, with... Like with Bournemouth, they go also into the game with, I think, two losses on the bounce. 
But as I said, with with Palace, Palace came into the game with us with that three on the bounce, eh? with yeah. and I mean they still you know turned it on against us because it's like it was also a game where we were too cocky and then got you know punished with silly mistakes. I think this game we need to be you know on the ball from the get go because you don't want to be chasing a game at at, at Bournemouth. Because if you think of I think it was it last season where we lost there, where yeah, do I do I yeah. That, that was also a game where we allowed the game to get away from us. And by the time we wanted to wake up, it was like last 15 minutes. And then they wanted to start, you know, just bombarding everybody on the goal. And it's almost like they learned their lesson from that 3-3 draw that time. So they knew, okay, how to better matches yeah. and hold us at bay and frustrate us. Because for me, it was more a game of frustration where we were just trying to get, you know, the like the little pass and move going forward. And they would just boot the ball into our half and we had to start all over again. So they did not care that, that they're going to lose possession every time. But yeah. as long as they frustrated our you know, passing game plan, that's what eventually put us on the backside. Yeah, um, we are also enjoying what is it, the 16 game unbeaten run. So yes. As you know, to keep on um, put, putting the pressure on, starting off strong, you know, trying to show, okay, we haven't lost the game yet. We need to keep this up. Um, do you know if Callum Wilson will be uh, ready for the game or is he still? Is he, no, like, no, he will be there. Because even when wow. I'm going on that, um, that uh, current, that, uh, you know, that sets that some go on leading up to a game, um, they said, look, you're yeah. not playing now for a move because, look, Chelsea are interested in taking him in January already. So it's not like he's not playing now for, you know, that putting himself in the shop window now because, He's actually, I noticed there's quite a few clubs actually looking at him to be, you know, somebody that, that can build on to be a, a like a main striker because, look, he's got the, the speed, he's got the finish, he's got the physical strength also. So, you know, he's only like ideal for any, you know, any other, even the top focus. I think Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, Tottenham are also sniffing around there with that guy. To, you know, to almost like to slot in where that Lorente is like just drifting out at the moment at Spurs. Um, as we go, we'll just see. Because, I mean, for me, this game also with Bournemouth, it is really one that we need to, you know, close that gap. Because I honestly don't want, as we're going to go into the Christmas period, I don't want us to, you know, playing too much catch-up. I don't mind that they're like, you know, a three or two, or like a few-point gap. Like, you know, where it's a single digit type thing. Not too much also. But yeah, was holding it like that. Because, you know, turn of the, turn of the year, then we're going to have again where these Champions League teams, the pressure is going to be on them again. You know, with these squads. Because yeah. at the moment, it looks like City is, uh, you know, you know. okay, we win. Say 1-0, then it's like, you know, uh, it's laboured. City win 1-0, then it's like, you know, championship performance. So, okay, fine. It's going to be like that. But, I mean, you, you do see City and even Spurs. Because at the moment, Spurs are also getting away with it. They, uh, they're not really playing that well. But, I mean, they are grinding out that 1-0 wins, which is, uh, like, you know, top-notch. Because I mean, that shows the players are on point, like mental, like mentally with a with game. So I mean, that is where we are still slacking off, and that is, I mean, for me, that that that, that sort of drive that we had between the, um, you know, after the Chelsea game, right, yeah. after the Palace game, that sort of sharpness we don't have at the moment. I mean, we, we played a, a, a specific game plan against Liverpool, but for me, you know, the, the Palace and Wolves for me are very cheap draws that those two were very cheap draws and I, I, I didn't really expect that sort of uh, you know performance so I just hope 
we can turn out a Liverpool type performance, but also you know use it as a like, you know to grind them totally into the ground on uh, tomorrow. Yeah, the, the one guy I'm actually scared of for tomorrow is I don't even know that Ryan Fraser guy. Yeah, Fraser guy. They already said he's, I think, one of the, this season, he's one of the top assists, like, has one of the top assists uh, records for the season. So, so he'll uh, be playing the right-hand side, and I think he'll be up against, oh, sorry, left, I think it's left-hand side. So, Ballerin hopefully will be able to uh, nullify the guy, because it's going to be pace versus pace there. I just hope Ballerin maybe doesn't, uh, you know, get caught out of position all the time against him. I mean, one thing I just want to also add to, like, you know, it was like side part of the game. Not really that important, but, you know, for me, what we are really to worry for the, the team in general is, look, I heard now Nacho was again had another setback. At, you know, so, yeah. you know, I don't know where it leaves us now because he's going to miss, like, the Bournemouth game. He's going to miss, that's probably the Vosla game. And then there's now talk that he will miss the North London derby. So, I'm really worried because, I mean, for me, are you going to be able to get a top or a more reliable left-back, you know, come January? Because, look, for me, Kolasinac, he's always going to be that, you know, the bit part guy. I, yeah. I don't see him as a first-team left-back. But I I just think, honestly, the club needs to probably pump in a lot more money. I know um, Raul Salieni, Salieni said... Um, the club is now making funds available for um, Emery for a short-term striker, maybe, like to bring in. And then they already have plans now for uh, the summer to bring in like more attacking players. But I just wonder now, how are they going to go about Are they going to get somebody like that, that, that shtick guy of, of Roma, where they said like uh, half a season thing? Or are they going to actually go for that that guy, that um, Pepe guy that, that I was mentioning the other day, that player? Yeah. So I just wonder which way are they going to go because then you at least have somebody like um, Obama Young and and like I said who will be the like the main two strikers. Yeah. And of course, you're going to use alternate uh, use them alternately because then we already have like two genuine wingers. You got like Mkhitaryan on the one end and you got that uh, Pepe on the other end. Although I have heard now also you know slight rumors of Mkhitaryan being offloaded. Or plan to be offloaded already in the summer, I think, because I think they they're looking more for somebody younger and has more of an impact, and not you know somebody that drifts in and out of games. Looks like uh, Sanchez and Mkhitaryan both went wrong for both players at the moment. Like if you're taking it on current uh, form and what they achieved at the the clubs at the moment. Yeah, you... for me, you know, it's still a head scratcher that one because you know you had that, that Mkhitaryan playing sublime football for about two three months, and then you just saw like, you know, like going into that last uh, few months of the season, then it just started waning off, and you thought to yourself, oh, like, you know, I just hope it's not gonna, you know, this is another United thing playing out all over, and now you watch him, pre-season, quite strong, first few games, uh, first few matches of the, the new season, even that in the defeats, he played quite strong. Yeah. Now it's like, now that he's using in in alternate games, it's almost like he's Morally or I don't know mentally, he's just look off his game. I think it's the type of player that needs to be, you know, put his arm around and say, "Oh, you like mm. important to the team, or we need you and stuff like that." I think that's what he was at Dortmund, and that's why I think he thrived like that at Arsenal and United. Um, the competition was so tough there that he wasn't going to get like told, you know, you 
Alki, man, you, we need you and stuff like that. Because in England at the moment, it's you have to play for your positions. I mean, uh, at the moment, like one room I'm hearing here from Ger- out of Germany is um, we were or we are linked to the Julian Weigel of Dortmund. Yeah, because uh, look, he, his starting position used to be uh, left back, and they say he's also an alternate defensive midfield. And I mean, he plays both positions very well. I think for Germany, he sometimes played as a holding mid, and then for like for Dortmund, he'll play out at left back. Because I think one of the games we played them, or I don't know if I watched one of the English teams play Dortmund, and he was you know up and down the field. And I think that that type of energy we need. At the club that you know has that defensive mind or stability, you know that 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 uh, holding mid brings you, that plays the outlift, but also somebody that can you know deliver with crosses and 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 uh, like an attack attacking fit in the final third. Yeah, I I, I like the the Julian Weigel idea. I think we I, I think if I had to say I'm a left back, we need a player close to it's that Leicester's been chill well. Yeah, I wouldn't I, mind. I like him. him. Okay, I like him. So I don't know if if he would be available in the summer, but uh, I definitely wouldn't mind. I mean, even both of those guys in overloading Kolasinac, if you can get the Weigel and you can get the a Benchilwell type player. Because when we need to, you know, really upgrade the left the left backs in our team, because we just don't have because. At the moment, we have a young side left back, but I don't think Emery is going to be somebody that's going to try them out, you know, like very, very raw. Because look, uh, if you look at Smith Rowe, he at least has been performing under 23 and like yeah. under 18s. And that whereas this, I think I forgot this guy's name now. This, yeah, I think he's 18 or 17 years old. He's not really proven yet at that level. He's, I think he's played for the England under 17s already and then under 19s. But they not, you know, I don't think he's that sure to, you know, put that sort of responsibility on him now. Because I think, yeah. you know, it should have been an experiment tried, you know, in pre-season when we did the Asia tour and that. Then I think it would have maybe worked now. As well, like January, I saw, what's that player that you mentioned, that Villarreal guy, cause his name popped up a lot now recently in the, you know, reading the different... Fonland, something like that, Fonland. Yes, yes, I see, I see even like Barcelona is interested in the guy as well. So, like, January could be even busy for us. I mean, I don't know, maybe defensive-wise, defensive-wise because um, watching the last few training videos of Arsenal, Kossi Allen looks, you know, he looks sharper. Yeah. I mean, if you compare to, you know, what we saw, you know, when he just started running and, and, and look, you know, everything was very gingerly as he made his recovery. But now he looks sharp. He's taking part now in those training games and that. So I just wonder when Emery now unleashes him on the squad as well, like for first team football. Maybe, I don't know, maybe next week in that fourth club game or, you know, he holds back until we have one of the home Europa League games, something like that, to ease him into the squad again. It's a bit of a dilemma everyone will have now. Who do you start now at centre back? Where the question is fully fit? Do you go holding Mustafi still or holding Socrates? Holding Koshani, Koshani, Socrates. I mean, at the moment, I would actually, I mean, you, you know, make my pick out of, say, Koshani, Socrates, and holding. And Mustafi just coming in as an alternate because for me, look, he, he, it's like, say, Mustafi, he played well now against Liverpool. But then, I mean, you look at, at 
the game, say, against the one prior, which was the, the, the Palace game, and the one after that, um, like a few games after that against Wolves, yeah, didn't really come out, you know, in a, a hail of glory or anything. So I don't know. I honestly, I mean, I've, for me, even when we bought him, I still don't know what made Wenger sign him because, like, I think Gary Neville said also, he wasn't even rated that highly at Valencia. So I don't know. He's, for me, he's just too, not only reckless, but he's inconsistent. I mean, he does not have, like, say, four or five on the bounce where he's playing consistently well. We say, okay, fine, we want him. Because it just shows you that the trust that Emery has in him, but he'll rather rotate Socrates and yeah. for, for that. Whereas, like, you know, instead of taking a holding out, so uh, I don't know how that thought process is going to be. Um, as for the game on Thursday against Forskla, we're playing away. So that's now, you know, in the heart of winter in the Ukraine. Oh, no. We didn't, oh, do, we didn't do well there. You know, it's going to be a tough trip. Arctic conditions. So I just wonder how Emery is going to go about this now because we've got the North London derby following that game. So, you know, you wonder if, if anybody of the, the senior guys are actually going to go because, look, we've qualified for the next round. I mean, I don't know if, if Emery wants to go through, say, as group winners. But I just wonder how he's going to go about things now because is he going to, you know, risk, you know, taking a knock there? Because, look, of course we want Arsenal to win, but you don't know how our players are going to react to that sort of conditions and, and, and you know, especially with a real big crunch game coming up. So, you know, does he leave people like Obama Young, Lacazette at home or take one of the two with for the trip? And just, you know, push some youngsters through and stuff. Because, look, Wallach is probably coming through quite quickly now. Because, look, he came back from an injury. But he's uh, recovering well. And then you got, like, Maitland-Niles. Smith Rowe showed, you know, he can hold his own in big games even. So, I just wonder if he's going to have, how he's going to make his blend. It's going to be difficult because who leads the line now for Arsenal? I mean, with the likes of Walbeck not around now. So, it's going to have to maybe... Like, do you risk a Bamiyan to start, or do you play like as hit? Like, it's, so what's, it's what's, like, what's actually bouncing in my head is you know, you maybe use that type of game where you play something like a false nine type of thing, where you know, you're not really playing with a forward, but you're playing with those like attacking wingers who can hurt the opposition, and you have your you know, your playmaker in the middle that's just pinging balls through on them. So, you know, that's what my mindset would be. You know, if you don't want to risk too many of this, the, the main strikers, since we only have two plus Eddie. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it shows now, actually, like, I know you mentioned it, but you actually think of it now with this Europa League fixture coming up. How do you actually set up the team with the guys up front? So we are definitely really short up there. Uh, we also don't have those pacey, pacey wingers if you have a Aubameyang sitting out as well, because he's being used as a winger now. So... I think a forward and a, even though, like you mentioned, a forward who can play as a winger is definitely something we do need either January or in the summer. I mean, the, the one thing that was also bouncing around was where, you know, Reese Nelson maybe comes back, so it gives us maybe another option. But I mean, I don't know if, if uh, you know, Offenheim, because I look, Offenheim did sign him up for the season. I think with that option of us recalling it, but I just don't know if, you know, if they want to really mess with that balance because I think it could also ruin any 
future, you know, if we want to do those uh, loan deals with between Arsenal and Offenheim with our youngsters. Yeah, so it's uh, it's gonna it's really gonna be a, a tough test for us now. I mean, we're gonna get this upcoming fixtures like you mentioned, Spurs twice, Man United, and I think that we get Liverpool again in December, like that second fixture at Anfield. I'm not sure I haven't gone through that full fixture list. I'm now almost like you know just f- focusing on about four. I was like in little four game blocks every time. I'm just focusing with a team, almost like a like a batsman in cricket, you know, ten rounds, ah, ten rounds, ten rounds. Ten rounds, ten rounds. <laughs> Um, also, what I wanted to make no, uh, you know, notify listeners to um, the fact that we've now moved from Anchor FM to Wushka, a podcast provider in Australia, because uh, we just wanted to try now something new. And since we're now having a more, you know, like before we're doing our podcast via the phones, <laughs> our mobile. <laughs> so now we've gone, you know, to actually have a, a like a, a small studio where we're actually doing now our pods and whatever so we just hope we can have our fan base come over from there and also build on from there as we grow and have the fans also grow with us as we move on in the podcasting world and we should say also thank you guys for all the listeners we really do appreciate your support as well yeah so i'll put pull a wrap on that now i hope you guys all have a good weekend i hope you do too aiden and i'll say my goodbye now bye bye guys enjoy the weekend